Cool. All right. Good morning, City Light. My name is Ron, and just happy day after Christmas, or otherwise known as Youth Pastor Sunday. If you get online, you can see that there are a lot of youth pastors speaking in their churches this Sunday. So anyway, my name is Ron, and I am the student director here at City Light, and today I get to finish up the series, Let Heaven and Nature Sing. We've been looking at some of the carols uh, that we sing at Christmas time, and today we are going to be looking at one of the oldest, if not the oldest, carol that we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I think that this song really captures the essence of Christmas. During the Christmas season, there is this, this longing, a waiting, an anticipation, but at the same time, there's, there's excitement and there's joy. It's like our kids on Christmas morning or Christmas time, right? They're super excited to get gifts. They're super excited for Christmas morning. And then on Christmas morning, there's all this excitement and this joy when they get to open their presents. Or maybe it's like the new mom who is expect, excited about having a baby but has to deal with like swollen feet and back pain and morning sickness, can't eat, can't sleep. All of those things are going on, but she's still super excited for that moment when she gets to meet her child for the first time. And that is what is happening in this song today. We feel the longing and the anticipation, but at the same time, joy and excitement. Let me give you just a little background of this song. Its roots go all the way back to 1710 when this song was written in Latin. It was translated into English in 1851, and it was put to a tune that actually goes back to the 1400s. Now, I think that this is pretty awesome, that today we get to sing a song in a little bit that followers of Jesus have been singing for centuries. And I want to just read a couple of the verses from this song today. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. O come, desire of the nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid every strife and quarrel cease and fill the world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come, O Israel. So let's see if we can get the big picture of, of what this song is saying. It is obviously written from the standpoint of people who are waiting, especially the people of Israel. God's people in the Old Testament, they're, they're waiting, they're longing for somebody to come. This is the story of God's people all throughout the Old Testament. They are captive waiting for someone to free them. They are mourning and waiting for someone to wipe away their tears. They are in darkness and they want light. They need wisdom and want peace in a world of strife. And they are holding out hope that when this person comes, he will bring all of these things. Then we get to the refrain. And it says, rejoice, rejoice, be glad. But how is it possible? How is it possible to rejoice in captivity and in mourning? When there is darkness and strife and quarrels, how can you be glad? 
And that question matters today because we live in a world today filled with quarrels, strife, darkness, and mourning. Just turn on the news. Just, just look around and see the tensions, the conflicts in our world, in our church, and in our lives. How can we rejoice? How is it possible to rejoice in the middle of all that? And the song is saying, you can sing. You can rejoice. Because God has made a promise that someone is coming to change all of that. And that's good news. That's good news for us to celebrate today. That whatever is going on in your life, in your family, in the world, that God made a promise that someone has come to start changing everything, and that that someone is coming back, and he will finish what he started. Emmanuel, God with us, has come, and he is coming again. So, we have these promises from God, and in these promises, we have a reason to expect in the future. That's what a promise is. If I say I promise that I'm going to be somewhere, I would hope that you would expect me to be there. If I say that I promise that I'm going to do something, I would hope that you would expect me to get that done. But I don't always get that right. We don't always get that right. But guys, a promise is a powerful thing, especially when it comes from God. Somebody else might say, I promised, and we might be like, ah, I don't know. But here's what I want you to see today, because I believe it's true, and I think that all of us need to hear this today. And I just want you to know, if God said it, if God promises, then he is going to do it. I know that about him. If he promised it, I promise you, you can take that to the bank. Everything he's ever said is true. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says this, He is faithful, and he will surely do it. But a lot of us in the room have, have trust issues, right? I know. Uh, anybody here have trust issues? Yeah, I've seen some hands, and I, we have trust issues. And, and the reason we have trust issues is because we've had our share of broken promises. I mean, we've had some people say some things in our lives that just weren't true. I can remember when I was in the fourth grade, and it was picture day at school, and my mom laid out some clothes for me to wear. She had everything ready for me to put on, and so I put on these striped pants that I think were straight out of the Brady Bunch. I put on a shirt to this day. I still have no idea what was on that shirt. It had like sheep and boats and houses, I, I don't know, and a snakeskin vest. And I put all that on. Check it out. And my mom told me I look good. I don't know. And obviously my mom couldn't draw a straight line. She cut my hair too. So anyway. I love my mom, but man, I don't know what she was thinking that day. But anyway. Or how about the time that I actually, Eric and Doug can't believe this, but I actually asked my wife to trim my mustache for me. And so she started trimming my mustache, and I could tell by the look on her face, something wasn't right. 
And so I'm like, and she's like, no, it's good. It's good. Don't worry. It looks good. I had to shave it off. It didn't go right. So obviously, I'm being a little ridiculous right now, but I just want to say to some of, that some of you have had some real promises spoken into your life, and you believed them. They were real. They mattered. And then all of a sudden, that, that job that was promised isn't there anymore, or, or the raise or the bonus that you were expecting to get isn't going to happen. Some of you stood before God and family and friends, and you stood before your spouse and you promised that I will love you, that I will always be there no matter what. And then suddenly, they break that promise. Maybe they they broke your heart and they broke that promise, or maybe you, you broke that promise and you broke their heart. For some of you, it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they promised that they loved you, And they promised that you had a future together. And then all of a sudden, they moved on to somebody else. Maybe it was a close friend or maybe even your parents that made a promise and it just didn't happen. I guess what I want you to know before we go too far is I understand why you don't trust promises. And I want you to know that God's promises are not like anybody else's promises. God's promises are different. God hasn't made a single promise that he has not kept. Not one. And I'm telling you this with absolute clarity that if God said it, he's going to do it. If God said it, he is going to do it. So here's what I want to do. I want to dive into one of the most promise-filled moments in history where God was making and keeping and fulfilling promises. And I think unlike any other time in history. So let's dive into Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ came about in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a just man. Now time out, you guys. You need to know, Joseph... Man, Joseph is a good guy. I mean, he knew that this was a mess. But he was going to do what God asked him to do. He, he's already committed in his heart that he's going to be faithful to the law. But it gets even better. It says, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And in this moment, you see, he wanted to honor God but has such a good heart. Even as mad as maybe he could have, should have, or would have been, uh, he would never, he would never treat anybody like that. And you have to wonder if Joseph was thinking, this isn't how my story was supposed to be written. Lord, I've been faithful. I have a good heart. And maybe if I was writing the story, it might say something like, and Joseph was so faithful, and because he had a good heart, God made sure that his plans for his engagement would go off without a hitch, and they would be married happily forever. Maybe the plans that he had for his business and and all of the things that he had going on, that God was going to bless whatever those plans were, and that's how his story was supposed to go. 
Joseph's story was not to be young man falling in love and finding out that she's pregnant with somebody else's baby and the stigma of divorce written all over his chest. That's not the way the story's supposed to go. But he had to be asking maybe what you and I would be asking. God, where is this going? Where did this come from? In verse 20, it says this. But as he considered these things, and I think that's light. I think that's a light way of saying this. After he considered this, after he probably mourned, after he was already angry, after he had processed his emotions, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that is that which is conceived in her, and she's not lying. It is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He's a savior. That's the first promise. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, it's like a promise explosion. A promise to a prophet ends up being a promise to Joseph, which ends up being a promise to us. And that promise, if we step into it, becomes a promise to a whole bunch of other people. So where do you go when God drops a promise in your lap? Joseph, man, he just woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Even though it was hard, he took Mary home as his wife. He also did another hard thing. He didn't consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he listened again and he gave him the name Jesus or Yeshua, which means the one who saves. I love this about Joseph. That his first response to a promise from God is as soon as he wakes up, if God said it, I'm going to do it. I might as well just step into it. And I mean, really, I I think that's what you're supposed to do with a promise from God. If God said it, he's going to do it. I might as well join the party. I might as well lean in. And that is what you're supposed to do with a promise from God. Now, we have to understand, Joseph didn't rub a magic lamp and all of a sudden got anything he ever wanted, anything that he ever wished for. No, Joseph received a mission from God. This wasn't going to be easy, and this promise wasn't always clear. But Joseph was a humble man who faithfully obeyed God, and he honored others. So, if a promise is a reason to expect, and Joseph just got a promise... What should Joseph expect after receiving this promise from God? Should he expect that everything, everybody's going to understand? That his parents are going to be right behind him? And all of his relationships, well, they're just going to be smooth, right? No, not everybody got it. Not everybody was going to understand. Should he expect for everything to be clear and obvious? Okay, Well, I've got a promise from God. At least I know what I'm supposed to do. But three times, three times an angel had to step in. Three times they had to move and start over. 
It wasn't always clear. It wasn't always obvious. Joseph lived his life believing in these promises from God. He made sacrifices because he faithfully obeyed God. And based on what we read in John 19, Jesus at the cross asked John to take care of his mom. It may be because Joseph had already passed. And if that's the case, if Joseph didn't make it, he didn't even get to see the fulfillment of the promise that God gave him. So, some of you might be sitting there thinking, okay, Ron, you're really depressing us right now. If that's the way promises are supposed to go, his promises are terrible. I I mean, really, if you're telling me that that is what a promise looks like, that that people might leave me, that's that it's probably not going to be super clear, that it's going to be really hard, and that I may not even see the fruit, man, I might be out on that. But I just want you, I just want to be really clear right now. I didn't say that looking back that that's what Joseph would have seen about the promises of God in his life. I'm just saying that that's what most people would have expected. Let me explain it like this. Most people And I really believe this. They take one promise from God, that that God gave me a promise, and then all of a sudden, because most people don't dig into God's promises, and while I was studying for this, I found out that a a theologian actually tracked that there are 7,400 promises to men and women all throughout Scripture. But most people... They get one promise, and they're like, I'm just going to hold on to this one promise. And they build the rest of their lives out with their expectations of what God has promised. They never really ask him. And then all of a sudden, when their expectations that they have, uh, God don't come into fruition, then they back off and they say, see, that's what I'm talking about. He can't keep promises either. He, he's just like everybody else, and, and he didn't live up to his part of the deal. Listen, Jesus called us to be childlike, not childish. So many times I've thought because he's breaking my expectations that he's breaking his promise to me. But I have learned that that's not the same thing. So family, today, listen, I, I just want to be really clear. God is not promising us popularity. He is not promising us five-year plans. He is not promising us comfort. He is not promising us wealth. He hasn't promised that it would be easy. He actually promised that it wouldn't be easy. He didn't promise that we would always understand. He didn't promise that we wouldn't make mistakes along the way, and we are. But what I've learned and what I've seen in his word and what I've learned and what I've seen in his word about his promises, he has said some incredible things. He said some amazing things over each and every one of us. He said that we could have peace no matter what was going on. And guys, it's true. He said that he would never, ever 
we don't have to be fake. He said that he would pour his joy over us. He said that if we step into his promises, we would experience his power, taste his grace, and walk in the purpose that he planted in our chest. That we would get to be a part of the salvation story of other people. And guess what? It's true. It's true. He told us that our eyes would see the impossible. And I'm telling you, the more I step into his promises, the more I see him do the impossible. Does anybody need to hear this today? All of God's promises, every single one, they're true. And I'm just telling you things that I know. I've seen it in scripture and I've seen it in my life. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He just won't. Even when it feels like nobody else is fighting for you, God will always fight for you. That's why Jesus came. I promise you that he will never stop loving you. I promise that he will never, he will never stop pursuing you. I promise you that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The moment that you turn to him and you said, God, I don't even know what to do, but I trust you. I want you to lead. I want you to be my Lord. He filled you so that you would have guidance, so you would have power, and so that you could have peace. And I know, I know that to be true. I'm telling you, I, I know that I've been adopted even when others have rejected me. I know that I've been redeemed. I know that I am now his child. I know that right now, even when I can't see it, all kinds of things are working together for my good. I know that even some of the hard things right now that, that I don't have a box for and some of the things that I can't get past because I'm just not strong enough, I know his power is, is still strong enough for it. And that even the challenge in it, it is maturing me so that I can step into the kind of man that he made me to be. One of maturity, one of strength, and one of peace. I know that he, he actually is the one who has come so that we could have life to the full. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you because Jesus, when you put your faith in him, I know heaven's my home. Joseph... Look out, brother, because I'm coming. I know how this story ends. And just so, and I just, I just feel like some of you, some of us need to hear this today. Some of you are like, man, those, those promises are good. And I'm just here to tell you, if God said it, if you walk away with nothing else today, if you just walk away with this one thing, if God said it, he is going to do it. And some of us, we need to hear that. Some of you need to dive back into his, his promises because you're holding on to blessing box verses that are kind of hung around your home and, and you're adding all of your expectations to it. And I just want to say today, you need to drop those. You need to drop those and lean in to God's promises. Today, some of you, and I know this because I have been you, you are saying that, man, that's great for good people, 
But Ron, one of those, not one of those promises am I good enough for. And I would say to you that that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because my Jesus, my Jesus is saying something totally different about you. My Jesus says if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, that his blood and his sacrifice and his life was poured out because he loves you. And there is nothing, there's nothing you can do that can separate you from that love. So guys, today, if God said it, he's going to do it. So let's rejoice. Rejoice. Because Emmanuel, God with us, he has come. And guys, he's coming back. Will you pray with me? Father God. God, I thank you uh, just to be able to look back at this song, to really uh, dive in and, and to understand it, and to be able to look at Joseph's story today, God, and, and to walk away here today, I hope, with knowing, God, knowing without a doubt that if you said it, you're going to do it. God, your promises are true, and whatever you have promised us, God, it will happen. God, you showed us that when you sent your son to this earth, to be one of us, to live life with us, to do life with us. God, to show us that this life, how it can be lived. And you sent your son to take a punishment, God, that we deserved. And in doing that, God, we get something that we don't deserve, and that's grace. God, that we get the promise that we get to live forever with you one day. We get the promise, God, that in this world... (laughs) Life will throw so many things at us, God, but God, they're just a moment compared to what we have to look forward to with you. God, they're nothing compared to, to, God, the promises that you have given to each and every one of us. God, I just pray today that we hear that, that we really take that in and know, God, as we leave here today, God, if you said it, you're going to do it. And God, your word is full of promises to each and every one of us. But God, again, I'm just so grateful for the promise that at Christmas time a child was born and you, God, you are with us. And the promise that in your son's sacrifice, God, that we can have an eternity, that we have a hope in you. And God, I am so grateful to be reminded of that today. And God, I pray that as we leave today that we take that with us. Some of us are going through things, God, and I just pray that we would just fall back into your promises, knowing, God, that you've got us. You love us. You are right there with us, taking every step we take. And God, again, I just pray that we're reminded, if you said it, you're going to do it. In your name we pray. Amen.